Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Welcome to hour number two of episode 73 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. My name is Dean Millard, and it's great to be hanging out uh, with a couple of my good friends, Mr. Cheech and Chong. Uh, Welcome to the show where it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And today we're going to share some new products on the way uh, from a local Alberta company. And we switch things up. We're going to have this week in Cannabis News with David Wiley as well. But there is... Uh, only one way we start things off on this show, and that's by finding out just what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo boo, don't it? Pipe in a grape, long in a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. So when I say what's your groove, what I mean is if you're listening to this and you're grooving to something with uh, cannabis, I'd love to know what it is. I, I don't even care what it is. You mind if I do a J? Yeah, you you can do a J for sure. Maybe maybe you got some CBD. Maybe it's pipe and a grape, bong and a blintz. I don't know. Bong and a blintz sounds uh, pretty good. Uh, whatever it is that you're grooving with, hit me up on uh, Twitter at the Cannabis One Hundred One, Cannabis One Hundred One Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and you can email me at Cannabis One Hundred One Podcast at Gmail dot com. Seeing as we have Chad Hasten from Stigma Grow, I'm grooving with some of their batter in uh, the Stonesmith, in the Slash from Stonesmiths. And this is so easy. 12-second auto-fire mode. Sign me up for that. Two clicks. Loads up. You wait four seconds before you take this hit, and then... You enjoy. And uh, big thanks to uh, Stonesmiths, uh, as well as many other fine people for being a partner of ours here on the Cannabis 101 podcast. You can find out more information at stonesmiths.ca. Just like David Wiley and the OZ is a partner, he will be joining us on the program uh, today as well. So now that I have my groove on, it is time to find out just exactly uh, what is coming down the hash pipe on this episode. So we are going to speak with Chad Hasten of Stigma Grow about some of their new products, uh, some of the new concentrates that will be uh, great in the slash pen, in the, uh, the the vape pen. David Wiley as well from the OZ is going to join us. Uh, things got a little bit mixed up this week. I had some uh, some tough days on Sunday and Monday, so we had to push things back a little bit. So big thanks to David for chiming in. And we also had some technical difficulties, so uh, you will not see him, but you will hear him. And our cannabis question, uh, again, is about regulations. We'll have what pairs well uh, with cannabis. Uh, we'll have our cannabis character. Charlie Sheen is your hint. 
and the Weed Weekly we will tell you about uh, as well, uh, where you can get in on our uh, our giveaway each and every week. But let's kick things off with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. So I'm asking, what is one or two or three or four or five, but at least one regulation you would like changed when it comes to the Cannabis Act for legalization of recreational cannabis in Canada? We will have a, a Regal Cigar to give away. Andre was supposed to be on this program, but... Uh, things didn't uh, work out this week, so uh, we've unfortunately had to reschedule that. But we do have some of his wonderful products to give away. So I've got a Regal Cigar up for grabs. Uh, just for you chiming in, what is one regulation you would change when it comes to the Cannabis Act? Obviously, for me, it's advertising. Um, you know, that's how I hope to make my living. I would love uh, for cannabis companies to be able to advertise openly. Uh, no different than a lot of other things, um, as you'll hear Chad point out a little bit later so you can get a cannabis 101 podcast prize pack just chime in if you're watching uh, you can get a hold of us uh, with our contact information on the screen if you want to email us it's cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com or you can get to us through our website at cannabis 101 uh, podcast.ca all right what pairs well with cannabis that is anything that you like to combine cannabis. And for me, yesterday it was shoveling and recovery. Now, I live in a condo, so I don't normally have to shovel, but I went for a walk and I came home uh, and this beautiful, big, fluffy snowflakes had been falling uh, while I was out. And there was a lady that was shoveling our sidewalk. And, I, you know, she was a, an older lady. There's a lot of uh, elderly people that live in the, in my uh, two buildings uh, that uh, that is part of this complex. So I thought, I'll take over. It's been a long time since I shoveled. And thankfully, the snow was fluffy fluffy and soft. So I did a bunch of shoveling, and, and I was sore. So I used cannabis with some sweet latitude bath salts that I picked up from Plant Life the other day. And I had a Lebowski bath. I actually had a CBD rolled joint. I've, I've really started to try to use CBD a lot more, especially in the flour, because I enjoy uh, the joint portion of it. So I had a Lebowski uh THC bath salt bath after shoveling. So what pairs well with cannabis for me, it is shoveling and a recovery. And on that note, I want to tell you about the Weed Weekly. It comes out every Friday, comes straight to your inbox, has all the things we did this week on the show, plus a whole bunch of goodies and a chance for you to win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack every Friday. But it is only for subscribers. So if you're in the mix, you know. If you're not in the mix, the easiest way to get in the mix is by heading to the cannabis101podcast.ca 
Click on subscribe and you are in the mix. So the next episode, uh, the next uh, version rather of the Weed Weekly uh, will come out this Friday. All right, Chad Hasten of Stigma Grow on the other side of the weed song from the artist, My Dead Dog. Cannabis 101 Podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, it is great to welcome back to the program uh, for a second time, the VP of Sales and Marketing at Stigma Grow, Chad Hasten is joining us. Chad, so glad to get you back on the show. Um, wanted to get this in uh, before Christmas because I know you guys have some new products uh, coming out. So how are things uh, at Stigma and how are things with you? Uh, things are great. It is a pleasure to be here, Dean, as always. Um, I can say always now because it's been officially multiple times. Right. Um, uh, we're good, man. Honestly, things at Stigma grow, as we will talk about, uh, have blown up in the last two months, uh, both on our own products and our partners' products. Uh, could be happy right now. Awesome. Okay, so well, as mentioned, you have been on the show before. Uh, so, but I do like to start with this question for the the new listeners that maybe we picked up since uh, you were on before, and that is, what was your career before you got into the cannabis industry? Because as you know, most of us did something else before legalization. We we did, yeah. Uh, well, I my education is I have my Bachelor of Applied Communications uh, with a public relations specialty. So kind of a writer by trade. Um, but after graduating, I uh, got really interested in the marketing side of things. So I worked for a few agencies and then started my own. So I actually am still the owner of uh, two agencies. I'm just hands off uh, of them while I commit my uh, attention to Stigma Grow, who was one of my clients uh, for yeah. my agency a few years back. When you say writing, do you mean like, um, you know, is there creative writing, storytelling writing? And and the reason I ask is I love to just write fiction stories. I love to make up stories. And I, I love smoking a joint or consuming cannabis a little bit before I do because it just opens up my mind. So do, do you find cannabis helps in that creativity with your writing, depending on whatever kind of writing it is? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so to answer your first question, all kinds of writing, um, the storytelling is obviously the most fun, mm -hmm. uh, but storytelling, you know, uh, tech experts and uh, mutual fund providers need creative storytelling as well. So um, dabbled into some more fun and some not so fun um, clients on the writing side. Uh, to your point about cannabis helping out, I've been a blog writer, uh, both for clients and personally, um, for over a decade. And uh, when I started writing blogs, it was actually after my first uh, marriage, I had moved out to Argentina, lived in Buenos Aires for a year. And all I did was write. And that was my routine. I would I would wake up in the morning, I would go out on the roof where we grew our cannabis. 
smoke a fat joint and then write for, you know, about 45 minutes. I felt like I, I couldn't be stopped. Um, and you're right, a lot of, a lot of ideas and especially when I was trying to be funny, uh, or, or creative, um, sprung from that, uh, that wouldn't, I, I believe necessarily come without. Oh, that's awesome. Wonderful to hear. So also wonderful to hear that you have a new job title since we last, uh, chatted with you. So, uh, tell us about the, the new role and, and expanded role and, uh, different things that you might be doing differently at Stigma than the last time we chatted. Yeah, sure. Um, so I came in um, on the marketing side exclusively to, to help build the company brand and the product brands. Um, but now we're trying to get those brands out uh, to market. So um, Stigma Grow has always been a smaller company when it comes uh, to our management side of things. Uh, we're not a huge bureaucracy. You know, we're a team of about 15 uh, decision makers when you bring absolutely everybody into the mix and, you know, a, a smaller core group of us. Um, so it made sense for me to move over to the sales side of that, which I had been talking about for a year anyways. Um, so, yeah, it's sales is something that uh, I have done in the past um, and I don't think is that tough. Uh, if you love what you're trying to sell um, and are able to talk about it. So uh, while it's been a crash course in dealing with all the different provinces and and uh, to our previous discussions about uh, the bureaucratic and, hmm. and red tapey nature of the legal cannabis industry. Um, but it's been an absolute thrill and have had to uh, have been able to celebrate some big wins as we start getting placed uh, all across Canada. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, one of the things that we really, I wanted to ch chat with you about is some of the new products that you have and Shatter is one of them. So um, let, let's discuss this a little bit. One of the things, um, can you explain what the, the chapter one means uh, when you guys uh, talk about uh, your products? Because we've seen it on a batter. So first of all, what does the chapter one mean? Sure. So Naming things chapter one has a, has a few advantages to it. First of all, it speaks to the story of our products. Um, it's our first uh, batch, if you will. Like, clearly, we go through several batches in the mm -hmm. testing phase now, but it's our first offering. Um, and we believe that concentrates in general are, are something that needs to be explained to the majority of Canadians, uh, if not even just the majority of cannabis users uh, who might have some experience with a few extracts or extracts as a concept, or they've defined extracts in a way, be it their, their pens or their CBD oils. Um, people really do need to be told the story. So our first chapter, like in any book, is somewhat the introduction of these products. It also allows us to stay uh, a little bit ambiguous um, in the strains that we put into that. Uh, if you know anything about how you name and label uh, products through the different provinces, this gives us a little bit of wiggle room to fit more than one skew uh, under one product type. Um, this allows us to constantly cycle out new strains um, without having to go through the process of applying uh, for a new uh, product number um, and get registered with the provinces, especially, you know, a year ago that was hard. Now there's another 300 LPs out there trying to get their products listed. So, um, uh, and, and again, from, from the brand side of things, uh, that chapter one is just sort of our, our, our step into the story uh, of this product, which we believe will have uh, several chapters, if not uh, several editions. Awesome. Okay, so let's discuss, uh, you know, the shatter. I'm, I know this is something uh, that, that you were uh, excited about. And, you know, we talked in one hitters about our, our first experience with shatter. But uh, let's talk about 
the the shatter that you guys are producing. And on the screen right now, we're looking at uh, the uh, the sour grape. So just tell us a little nice. bit about the the shatter uh, from Stigma Grow, particularly this uh, sour grape. Sure. Um, so shatter, for those that don't know, it's just a concentrated form of uh, cannabis. Uh, at Stigma Grow, we do uh, hydrocarbon closed loop processing. Uh, we use butane as our solvent. Um, and what's unique about butane concentrates versus a solventless concentrate or, or a CO2 is we're able to strip out all the terpenes and cannabinoids for a full spectrum product. Uh, we talk about that a little bit in our one hitters, but uh, the difference between getting a powerful THC versus a powerful mix of a variety of cannabinoids and terpenes um is really the difference between getting you know that full experience versus just a, a really extreme experience in one direction um now shatter is unique uh in that it comes looking like glass and terpenes are kind of what 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 keep uh, a concentrate from going into glass so we actually have to remove the terpene so when it comes to the shatter is the one thing that we really focus on um the cannabinoids over the cannabinoids and the terpenes when you open up our batter you're hit the face with the aroma mm -hmm. that's not the case when it comes with our shatter not that you don't still get some um, but in order for it to stay that nice consistency of hard uh you know translucent glass um, uh, some of the, the things that provide the most aroma um, are stripped out. Uh, having said that, you can see that the total cannabinoids uh, for our sour grapes comes in at 96.5, whereas the THC and THCA total is only 974. So people might be confused about that because we're used to looking at a package and all you see is THC. And if it says, you know, it used to be percentage, now it's milligrams per gram. As long as it's in the high 800s, then I consider that to be a premium product. I'll buy it. Uh, and it might even be positioned as a, a broad spectrum, but, but understand there's a big difference between a product that has total cannabinoids of 96.5 and a product that has total THC of 800. Mm -hmm. Did I yeah. ramble a little bit too no, much no, there? No, I no, no. I think that's really important, uh, information to to give out to people um you know because you know we're, we're learning you know everybody is so focused on uh you know thc at times and we're learning about so many other things about the plants and i use the example of you know buying wine by the alcohol percentage as compared to the thc percentage so it is so much more uh, to be able to explore about the plant now the one thing that i have seen uh from shatter uh out there sometimes is you know, like I've bought shatter where I've had to like, you know, almost mine for gold to get it out of the packaging and it flies everywhere. And, and I'm finding shatter in my office throughout the days. I, I, I just implore, I hope, I hope it's easier to get it out of the package than some of the other ones I've, I've seen because shatter does, it can just latch on and, and it's hard to get out. Dean, you're a hell of a guy. What an underhand softball pitch you've thrown me here, and I appreciate it. Thank you. No, I, we, we've shared your frustration. So I, I'm going to touch on a couple things that have been frustrating. Um, shatter is one of the most recognizable concentrates. If you get a, a cannabis consumer to tell you what a concentrate is, chances are they've heard of shatter and hash. Yeah. End of yes. list. Uh, they might have heard of other things, but they don't really know how to talk to them. So forget caviar, diamonds, batter, uh, you know, pull and snap. Uh, all of that is a little over people's heads. So um, they, we were so excited for Shatter 
Uh, and then the first people to market who will remain nameless, but I do recommend that people that follow your podcast visit uh, or your Instagram, just scroll, you'll figure it out. Um, but again, it's these, it, it's the way it came. It came in uh, full grams for, for a lot of them, which forced the price up in like the 80 or 90, or if you're, you're in a gouging retailers, heaven forbid what they're charging. Um, again, it came in a jar to your point. And while it might have been placed uh, typically shatter for those that don't know or didn't see the picture here comes in a sheet it's called yeah. shatter because it looks like glass and you can break it off as such um it it's very easy to control your portions that way you can break off a piece and drop it into a dagger drop it into a, a mm -hmm. vaporizer or whatever it is that you're using um it's a little bit you don't need the tool that you need for a batter to scoop and all that very easy to portion what was happening with some of the first to market shatters is for whatever reason and I think their intentions were pure. They thought it would be more protected if they put it in a jar. So what they did is instead of having a, a square inch of shatter, you had three smaller pieces stacked on each other. Um, but one thing that everybody in this legal industry needs to overcome is the extreme timelines that can take place between a producer making an amazing product, sending it off into the world, and having it hit four stops of storage that aren't coolers aren't like they're putting everything in the same place um so that and again they came they were first to market they came out in some hot months so what happens is it it can melt in there and then to your point it's it's splatter more than shatter as you dig it out with your tool i had the exact same problems i know some of them have uh uh have now put parchment paper inside mm -hmm. it to try to fix it some of and it. The, the, the again it's tough when you promise something like that and then, but you've got product that are still out there and we know as someone trying to enter the market uh, with several mm -hmm. skews of shatter, that there's a bad taste in the buyer's mouth when it comes to what came out at first and the amount that they were able to sell as a result, you know, concentrates are looking, you know, we're looking at 2% of the market. We should be, if we're anything like the, the legacy or black market up by 50, but we're not mm -hmm. going to get there unless to answer your question after giving all that history, we provide shatter the way that it's supposed to be flat in parchment paper provided as as big of a sheet uh unbroken sheet as possible um and that is exactly how we're sending it out uh and i believe uh i have some coming to you uh from me to you as soon as i get my hands on it um so you will be able to see and i promise uh that when it gets to you it's going to be exactly how you expect to see it and how it's shown in the advertisements for it yeah, and, 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 and in that way, it is so easy to use it because you just grab it and throw it in. So uh, we, we talked exactly. earlier about uh, the uh, the sour grape, uh, which uh, I have on the screen right now. Uh, or no, we're, sorry, I have the we have the sour grape. Now let's talk about the banana punch uh, that you guys mm -hmm. uh, have coming out as well, and that's up on the screen. And, um, you know, similar process, uh, I, I'd, I'd imagine. But what what is different about the banana punch with the uh, the grape? It's the, it's the biomass input. It's, it's the cannabis that we use uh, to start off. And again, quality in, quality out. So we're not varying uh, in the quality so much. Um, but again, each plant uh, has its own story to tell. They've got their own profiles. And, and what we don't necessarily like uh, seeing out there is concentrates that pick and choose what part of that strain profile to offer and mm -hmm. then position it as a strain specific concentrate. Well, you're not getting, you might get a broad, you might get the top four terpenes that they've put back in, uh, uh, heaven forbid through a harsh additive, if you're dealing with a 510, but, but, um, uh, 
for, for us, when we talk about strain specific, and the reason we have these different variations is because you should be picking a cannabis that has a flavor and a experience and effect uh, that you like. Um, and then once you find that, if you read it somewhere, you should trust um, that whether it's a dry flower experience or a concentrate experience, you're going to get the profile the way God intended. Indeed, indeed, for sure. Okay, let's talk about uh, some of the live resin carts uh, that you guys have. First of all, I thought you did a really sure. good job of explaining Shatter. Um, for, for a lot of newcomers, and, and man, I have so many new people coming to this show and, and wanting the education and wanting to learn. And, you know, Randy is one of my listeners that just said, man, the educational components on this show are awesome. And I really appreciate that, Randy. So thank you for sending that to me. So for, for the people like Randy and, and others, what is live resin? Because there is a lot of terminology in cannabis that could be confusing for the newcomer. So what's live resin? Yeah. So first of all, I, I'm going to do a plug, which I don't think I did before. And that's just for our Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn website. Uh, you know, we're at Stigma Grow um, as a name label, wherever you go, you punch it and you'll find us. And we really are focused on education as first to market. Um, through our own products and the third parties uh, that we're processing for. It's really on our shoulders to make sure people know what it is um, that they're getting uh, or not getting. So we do encourage, and I know I share some of this stuff with you guys, but please do, if you have questions, um, we provide a ton of, of resources through those platforms that, that you can check. But if you're sitting here now and saying, what can you do for me right now? Uh, live resin speaks to how it, it speaks to the biomass input that we're putting in. So typically there's three different types of input. Um, you can have live resin and that's where they cut off. They, they crop the brand, uh, the crop, they crop out the cannabis at its fullest um, and flash freeze it similar to how they capture the flavor and freshness of peas and corn mm. um it, they instantly flash freeze it and it maintains all the terpenes and everything that might otherwise um uh, disintegrate or or be altered uh through the curing process or the storage process or the transportation process so um cured cannabis or just dried cannabis basically dry flower cannabis that we've all smoked um, it comes to you cured uh but it is different, much like if you were to cure a meat or a salmon or, or, or something, um, that process changes uh, the product. So if you're using dry flour input, cured input, um, you're not getting all the richness uh, and the pure profile that you would get in a live, a live resin. Now, to be clear, in a live resin, they're not they're not jamming the stalks and the sticks and all that right. in there. Um, there is, there is ways once we put it into our socks and we basically take it off the branches and we just use uh, the buds. But, but again, the fan leaves and there's, there's trichomes and terpenes and, and good stuff in them, their leaves. So we, we take all of that out uh, as, as part of our process. So that's a live resin. Cured is just, you're using um, dried cannabis. And then in cured, there's really two variations. You can either do a bud run, which is you're taking nice, big, sexy, dense buds and turning it in, or you could take shake. And because of the nature of what we're doing, of stripping what we want and leaving what we don't, you can actually get a high percentage THC listing from shit shake. Huh. Now, heaven forbid, I go against that because there's lots of opportunities for us to turn underperforming crops or or cannabis that's grown outside um, and turn it into something powerful that people want. But it's important to understand what's still in there, what's being stripped out uh, and, and where you start because 
as a rule, quality in, quality out. So what happens mm -hmm. when you get this shake is they'll typically turn that into something that on paper might look good, but tastes not great. Um, you know, they've got to add uh, allowed terpene additives for flavor because you're not mm -hmm. getting anything like that out of there. And so what you get is a, a distillate. You know, maybe they've mixed it with, with something else to, to, to get it because they don't have enough of the just the pure sauce to get it in there. So that's why you go into a store and you compare two cartridges and you're like, well, this one's 80% and it's 30 bucks. This one's 80% and it's 60 bucks. What's the deal? Uh, well, the, the deal is twofold, um, quality or just inappropriate pricing. Uh, I'm not going to speak to the inappropriate pricing, but if you see a $60 or $50 or $40 cartridge um, and they're claiming a, a live resin full spectrum cartridge, please know that is not the same as a distillate sold right next to it for 30 bucks. Um, you can smoke on that distillate all night long and never get super, super high um, and do, you know, one hoot of a full spectrum and do the nature of the entourage effect where I, I'm sure you must've covered that in, in your yep. podcast at this point, it's going to take you way further, way fought. It's, it's, you know, it's your super unleaded Supreme versus your, your leaded gasoline that's been sitting in the, in the garage. Well, and, and these, uh, 510, uh, carts are the convenience factor is is amazing and Love the them. taste factor yeah, of them and is great right so what what excites you yeah. excites you about yours well what excites me about mine is i'm not inhaling that which makes me feel like crap so yeah. again i am not a vapor um you know damn those guys you think you're coming around a corner to a cotton candy stand and it's just some hippie with his <laughs> vape pen distillate <laughs> but it's delicious right but yeah. but, but but here's the thing uh, what I like about cannabis is the true profile that cannabis presents. I'm not trying to change it. If, if, if you're smoking a distillate, it's, it's like, you know, it's, a, it's a dumbed down product. It's, uh, it's, it's not a full, complete, saucy extract like we're offering. Mm. Um, so yes, I like it. Yes, I'm excited for them. I, I agree. The convenience is great. Um, you know, you might, uh, I could smoke a sativa distillate during the day, uh, to take the edge off and, and not feel, not feel too bad about it. And, and to my point in our one hitters, some companies are doing a great job of, of distillates and even the broad spectrums, uh, you know, be it, be it a CO2 extraction or something those are, there's still a place for them. Um, but ours is a true live resin full spectrum, uh, high terpene, full spectrum H, uh, extract. So H T F S E. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, uh, I, I have this conversation with provinces every day. They keep saying, yeah, we've got that, but we could got it, you know, for a lot cheaper over here. It's not apples to apples. That's right. So, um, the, the distillates out there and, and the bud tenders are becoming a little more educated. Just know what, what you're doing. There's some really good ones with really great pricing out there. Uh, but, but if you're smoking, uh, a distillate pen and you find yourself saying, you know, distillate, these pens never quite get you high. That's because you're not smoking the true uh, equal to the type of cannabis that you're used to getting high off of. So uh, try a true full spectrum live resin. Try a black or white NGL Stigma Grow. They're now in go. stores across Alberta. There you go. Uh, so we've uh, discussed uh, some of the things that are just 
uh, coming out, some of the new products, and, and I'm really, really excited. But uh, I also love uh, some of the things that you guys already have uh, on the market, particularly uh, your your craft cannons and, and the batter. But, um, you know, just maybe refresh people's memory um, from uh, some of the other things that are already out there for people from Stigma. Sure, yeah. Um, well, we uh, we came to market with cured batter. I'm doing this, we don't call it cured batter, but just keep the terminology that we've been educating on. A cured batter and a live resin butter. Um, and again, the difference is there uh, is the amount of cannabis that goes into it. Again, if you're dealing with a gram of cured batter, you're really looking at you know four to even six actual right. grams of cannabis or the goodness of that cannabis jammed in there. Um, when you're dealing with a live resin, that number jumps to 20. So, uh, you know, pricing when it comes to concentrates is a little bit higher, but that education of what you're really getting, um, when you break it down, you, you know, you get 20 doses out of a concentrate might actually get you a lot further than, than 20 single grams. So we started off with those, uh, we branched out into our live resin full spectrum, uh, carts. Um, and we now also have, uh, an eight pack of pre-rolls. So we started with the, the craft cannons pre-COVID. When someone looking for a true punch in the face from their pre-roll uh, really appreciated it, uh, the two single gram joints. But as the world changed um, and and habits and sharing uh, changed, we've now switched to the same sort of product, but now in an eight pack craft uh, candles, um, which uh, the multi packs are, are quite popular. But uh, we're seeing a lot of the multi packs might not have the high quality uh, that people are looking for. Uh, focused a little more on the pricing and convenience. So we're trying to bring it all together in our candle offering. Uh, and then we have uh, uh, we have a new product coming down the line, uh, Rick Simpson Oil, RSO. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, uh, do, you, do you know what RSO is? Well, I've, I I do have some experience uh, with RSO. We we explored it when my wife uh, she's battled cancer twice, so certainly the second yeah. time uh, we explored it. But I, I think maybe just a quick refresher for people if they don't know, you know, what Rick Simpson oil is. Of course, it, it's a full plant extract. It typically comes in a syringe, and and you said it. It's it's uh, it's a very strong, uh, typically an indica. Um, used for pain, popular with with cancer patients, um, popular with consumers like myself as an end of the day uh, type type consumption, not a not a wake and 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 bake to greet the morning. It, it, it's super powerful. Typically, it comes in a syringe oil. Actually, hang on, I got one right here. Uh, this one's almost empty, but you can see the the dark thickness of the oil there and and you typically only need like a a grain of rice Mm -hmm. Uh, you can put it on a cookie you can put it uh i I just i just take it but some people don't like the since the oily sensation in their mouth um which is why we're also offering it in capsules but those have yet to hit the market uh uh the syringes are coming uh out right away so again great for pain great for that uh hard impact and the syringes that we're offering them in are a clickable syringe um that will make sure that the the amount that you take is not too much because if you're looking to green out as it were this would be a product that could that could get you there 
Indeed, and 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 the the name comes from Rick Simpson, who you know started creating this many many years ago for uh, a lot of patients, and is a guy who's been a kind of a pioneer on that uh, medical side of of producing it. So that's the other thing we should point out for people is that you know when you're buying one gram of whether it's batter or butter or you know shatter whatever it is, you do not you do not like if, especially if you're new to dabbing and and, and extracts the amount that you're using is much, 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 much less than that what you would be for flowers. So while it might look like you're not getting a lot, you don't use a lot each time uh, for, for the most part. I know people have probably seen those Instagram posts with the giant globs and things like that. Those people those either, guys have, yeah, they either have like the, the super high tolerance or a crazy amount of money, but you do not need that much when you're using concentrates, particularly when you're starting out. The number one advice I would have is don't dab alone for the first time. Make sure there's somebody there with you because it is much stronger than flour. Uh, go low, start slow. It's it's it sounds like uh, like oh, I've heard it, but it's so mm. true. You can always take more, guys. You can't take less. Indeed, indeed. What do you think of the popularity of dabbing? I mean, you know, for the first year, we only had flour and capsules, basically. And now we have all these other products. And dabbing was always popular in the black market. But what do you think of the popularity, especially with some of the, you know, the devices out there uh, for the for the new consumer? And, and, and do you see the popularity? Have you seen it on the rise? I I'd imagine that's why you guys decided to get into some of these concentrates. But do you see it getting more and more popular? Or is it still kind of spinning its wheels a little bit? Uh, well, the fact that I'm not doing this podcast from my penthouse apartment suggests that the trend is not quite as much as we were hoping. Uh, we'll get there. And I love it. I, I love the popularity of anything, any way that you can celebrate cannabis, any way that you can, uh, you know, have fun with it. Uh, you know, how do I feel about a beer bong showing up at a party or, or beer pong? Um, it's all just drinking and, and having fun with friends. So from a recreational standpoint, I'm all for dab rigs uh, and the, the popularity of dabbing in its many forms. Um, and I hope that the more popular it gets, the less frightening it is for everybody. Because I did a whole series and I, it got mixed results, but you know, like, like Tide Pods and vanilla extracts, and like mm -hmm. we are aware of the concept of a concentrate. Um, and it's not right. to be feared. I, of course, with Tide Pods, apparently it was. I got a lot of backlash because a bunch of idiots ate them. But again, <laughs> my, my point being that if you're used to using concentrates in cooking and laundry, it's the same concept. You're not throwing eight of those pods into the laundry or it's going to foam over. Indeed, indeed. All right, you guys are Stigma Grow, and, and a big part yeah. of that name is trying to end this uh, stigma. And, and you and I have talked about this in the past. You know, we, we, we talked about, you know, parenting with cannabis. And um, I don't know, do, do you have any tips for people out there uh, and, and, and kind of your approach on ending the stigma? This is how I end the stigma, by having conversations about cannabis in a normal way. I, I think that's the only way. Um, I, I The only way you can do it is live by example. Um, you know, not to, I'm not saying this to, to make myself sound special because anyone can volunteer. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I sit on, on the Stampede Lotteries board as a volunteer. I'm a, I'm a proud member of the Calgary Rodeo, uh, <laughs> sorry, Rotary Club of Calgary. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and several other things, you know, I've, I, I volunteer at, at food banks and stuff like that. And you know what I do? in plain sight right before I smoke a joint 
and I welcome the 85-year-old white man to come over and ask me what I think I'm doing because I promise you by the end of that conversation, I'm going to have his wife using our root balm and him considering some CBD capsules. So um, I think the only way to end the stigma is to stop being ashamed of it. Uh, I, I talked in our, I think it was in our one hitters, but again, when, when my, when my kid first, you know, my four-year-old grabbed a pen and pretended to be smoking, um, it was not met with the same enthusiasm and laughter as when he pretended to drink his first glass of wine. And again, that was a conversation that our family had to have. Uh, you can't be horrified about my son pretending to do what he sees daddy do. Mm -hmm. If we've all agreed that what daddy does, well, it's why we're here. Like it's real tough to have a problem with stig with cannabis in my family because it pays our bills. But again, it's just it's just a matter of having those conversations and being a normal person, living that life and 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 putting out your joint and and then not being a pot it, being a total normal, entertaining, interesting yeah. person, being a, a responsible citizen that enjoys uh, cannabis and doesn't whisper that. Hey, we're gonna go smoke a joint now. No, no. Hey, we're gonna go smoke a joint now. Does anybody want to come? Right? It's just like right? no different than saying, "Hey, do you want to meet at the bar and watch the 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 Steelers play the the Bengals this weekend?" And then we'll duck out for a couple of joints. It's just let's let's get it as much part of our life as possible while still being responsible. I'm not saying you know you're driving around high and things like that. There there are responsibilities that that comes with ending this stigma. We're not going to end the stigma by being irresponsible. Responsible. We're going to end the stigma by showing people that I can smoke this joint and still carry on a, a conversation and be a part of society. Exactly. That's the way I think of it. Okay, two plus years into legalization. It is time to review uh, the Cannabis Act and the regulations. And I know from uh, you know a, a producer standpoint, uh, there are different things than from maybe a media standpoint. But uh, the point is, it's supposed to be reviewed after three years. This is something that should be starting a push right now because there are some obvious changes. Is there our, our cannabis question on this episode is, is there one change to the Cannabis Act? Is there one regulation uh, that you would like to see changed? And, you know, yours might be different than from, from my point of view. So, you know, when you look at the regulations, is there one that you would like to see changed, uh, you know, uh, getting rid of, things like that? Not just one, no. Um, real tough to narrow down, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look at my title on the screen here and go from that standpoint. I would like to be able to speak about cannabis, um, just like we said uh, openly, uh, and let adults make their own decisions. Um, you cannot make the argument for alcohol and gambling that you can make for cannabis. There are no people using alcohol and gambling to better their life except for the person that wins the lotto 649 i guess or mm. uh but we just you don't have medical purposes for those things right cannabis and the way that it interacts with our cannabinoid systems as humans it has no right being categorized anything other than an absolute miracle plant that should be enjoyed by adults educated adults um, and as such i should be able to talk openly about it wherever anyone else talks about certainly where McDonald's is promoting their Big Macs, where Coca-Cola is promoting their diabetes, where alcohol is promoting um, their uh, the third biggest reason people die uh, on the road every year. Um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that we are paying bills of this province 
um, and still acting like it's something that is, you can't talk, you can't put a sign up. Mm -hmm. Some kid might see it and then those parents would have to have a, a conversation with their kids about the world they live in. We can't have that. And it just frustrates me to no end. God forbid we would make people parent properly and, and have normal conversations about things. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, they're, they're trying to they're trying to parent for people. And that that's not their job. Uh, their job is to provide a product and let people use it responsibly, which we have. It's It's been two plus years and it has been responsible. So having said that, not regulation side, but just cannabis world. What is the yeah. next big thing in uh, legalization, whether it's in Canada or, or maybe beyond the around the world? I'm not sure. You know, Israel is looking. They're going to legalize in the next nine months. We saw what happened in the U.S. election. But what's the next big thing for you in cannabis? Oh, man. I don't know. There's so much. Uh, for me, it's the it's it's what comes with the normalization of it. It's the experiences and the businesses that can thrive, you know, be it restaurants or or. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say like a hookah palace, like but tourism, you know, right? Yeah. Like activities you can do mm. and, and want to do because you're drawn to a place. Um, so I'd like to see that. Um, I'd also just like to see general uh, uh, like the, the edibles. I'd, I'd like to see an expansion on the edibles. I'd like to see higher potencies on the edibles again, treat us like mm. adults. Um, and I'm really liking what I'm seeing uh, with the breakthrough they, they've done in beverages and stuff like that. Um, it's, I don't know, it's like asking a millionaire what they're most excited to buy. I'm yeah. just so excited for everything that's happening in here. But but there's things that need to happen for us to truly realize the wonder that is the potential of this market. And, and I hope everybody gets on board for that. You know what, you know what I'm looking forward to? The next best thing? People that have black market hookups choosing the legal market yeah. for reasons to be determined, uh, be hopefully on the quality and experience side. Um, but again, I'd, I'd really like to see, uh, I'd like to see this, this industry thrive. And, and the first two years, while there's been a lot of wins for some of us, there's been a lot of heartache for a lot of people. And I, I just mm -hmm. think there's a lot, a lot that could change. It's, it's not a, I can't give you one answer on that. It's like asking a five-year-old what he wants one thing for Christmas to ask Santa from, right? Like he's not, he's not. My kid's list is at a hundred. Yeah, yeah exactly. his list yeah. is at a hundred already. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, this has been a lot of fun again. I can't wait till your products get out in the stores. Uh, first of all, when do you expect it? And are there some stuff in the stores or, or when yeah. can people expect to see uh, some of the, uh, the shatter and uh, some of the things that we talked about? So you can expect to see Stigma Grow products in your store when you go up to the counter and say, where are Stigma Grow's products? Um, but you, you can see them all across Alberta. Our, our, uh, our live resin uh, vape cartridges are out uh, under the black NGL and white NGL label. Feel free okay. to visit uh, either stigmagrow.ca. There's links to all of our products. Uh, or you can go directly to black NGL or white NGL.ca. Um, and then uh, you will see our shatter as well um alberta just filled a huge reorder for both shatter and uh our vapes which uh sold out immediately good stuff looking forward to getting my hands on those thanks as always chad thanks Steve. this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
Great stuff with Chad. And you can find one hitters featuring Chad later in the week as we get to know his cannabis history. You can check that and full episodes out at cannabis101podcast.ca where you can subscribe to the Weed Weekly and qualify for our Friday giveaway, but uh, especially because uh, you can have a lot of fun with Chad and I as we get to know. And we switched it up because we've already done it uh, before with him once, so I switched it up so it would be much different and get some uh, different answers from him uh, this time. So one hitters uh, coming out uh, later on in the week at the Cannabis 101 podcast. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your stoner. <laughs> and beyond. Heavy girl with that, man. Is it heavy stuff, man? Okay, so the cannabis character uh, that I'm going with today is Charlie Sheen. Now, before you start trying to figure out what movie I'm going with, I'm not sure you will. Uh, when it comes to cannabis, uh, there's, uh, well, certainly uh, there's been a lot of uh, personal uh, cannabis use. Uh, but the character that Charlie Sheen played with uh, that I'm going with today is Private First Class Chris Taylor. From the movie Platoon. Now, I bet you didn't think I was going with a war movie, uh, which is dark and violent. Uh, but there is a uh, there's a really good party scene in uh, in Platoon, and it centers around Charlie Sheen's character, Private Chris Taylor, and Willem Dafoe's character, Sergeant Elias K. Groden, uh, in what they are called the uh, the underworld. Basically, uh, it's just a, a club for them to uh, party, and this is after Sheen's character was actually uh, uh, minorly wounded in the neck. And the scene involves a gun barrel and a joint. Your Highness has arrived. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? I thought you was hanging ten in Cambodia. Look at who's here. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Go ahead, old man. Smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. First time. Yeah. Then the worm has definitely turned for you, man. Feel good? Yeah, it feels good. I got no pain in my neck, man. Feeling good's good enough. Put your mouth on this. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Puts a... New spin on the term shotgun joint. I'm sure this is going to be muted because of the white rabbit playing in the background, but smoking it from a gun barrel. Um, This movie gets really dark, violent after that, but some weed moments from Platoon uh, featuring Charlie Sheen and Willem Dafoe as our cannabis characters on this episode. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond.
All right, in just a second, I'm going to bring in uh, one of our partners, David Wiley from The OZ. You can check him out at OkanaganZ.com or on Twitter at Okanagan Z, but also like to thank uh, another partner, Stonesmiths, uh, for being a part of the show. Uh, used it off the top in uh, what's what's my groove or what's your groove, or whatever it might be. Uh, but it is excellent. You can, uh, by the way, you can find it at uh, Shell Shock in Edmonton, Smokers Junction in Calgary, uh, Cowboys Smoke Shop in Calgary and, and Vancouver. Um, there's a bunch of other places in Edmonton uh, that you can find it as well. Green Rock Cannabis in St. Albert, uh, and they have a new shop in uh, Lethbridge. They can get an Uncle Ron's in Edmonton, Northern Light Supply. So there's lots of places, and of course, stonesmiths.ca. Uh, I just love the uh, the auto fire mode. It's just so, so convenient. So big thanks to our partners, uh, Stonesmiths and uh, the OZ. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, my good friend David Wiley joining me from the OZ. Check him out online at OkanaganZ.com and on Twitter at OkanaganZ. And um, we're doing things kind of old school today. I uh, had a little bit of a, uh internet video connection. So we're, uh, David is going to join us uh, through the wonderful world of uh, the phone line. And if we could see you, David, we would see you wearing a beautiful toque from the OZ, which you guys are giving away every Thursday. It's true. I love these toques. They've got our logo on the front. And uh, basically, if you email hello at okanaganz.com, I will put your name in a hat for a hat. I love it. And on a day like today in Alberta, it would be perfect because there are giant, fluffy, white snowflakes falling to the ground. So um, this would be a perfect toque day uh, in Alberta. But you know what is a... uh, a perfect day uh, for cannabis fans in, in Israel. Well, that's coming up very soon. I, th- I think in the next nine months. And, you know, we saw Canada go legal and every country that was thinking about it started watching. And obviously, uh, the country of Israel has taken some action. This is a really good step. Israel, less than a year away from legalizing recreational cannabis. They do have a medical cannabis availability right now, though it is not the easiest to get a hold of. Uh, that's also going to be part of these changes that the country announced a plan to legalize. And Justice Minister Avi Nisenkorn said the country will work to balance liberalism and responsibility. And that's according to the Times of Israel. Now, these recommendations come from an interministerial team that's been reviewing this. And so far, the law being batted around would include provisions that people 21 and older would be allowed to purchase cannabis. Uh, It wouldn't be allowed to be taken in or out of the country. Of course, the world borders do create a little bit of havoc when it comes to cannabis, as uh, everyone has different guidelines. And cannabis stores will be allowed to make deliveries, um, but they'll be barred from selling cannabis edibles that resemble candy. Well, Nissenkorn's called this a significant, holistic, and responsible reform that shows that Israel isn't ignoring reality and is going in the footsteps of other developed countries, such as Canada. This law is likely to also include a blanket ban on smoking weed in public spaces, uh, and it won't allow people to grow the plant at home without a license, though that may be revisited in the future. Cannabis ads also to be prohibited. 
Now, the Israel says that it favors legalization over decriminalization, which we've talked about in the past, the differences thereof, because decriminalization doesn't provide a solution for problems such as the black market. Um, so decriminalization would mean that people can have it, possess it, and generally get ticketed. Uh, but legalization creates a framework for it to be sold and taxed uh, and grown legally by uh, corporations, by companies like we've seen here in Canada. So it really is a step forward to look at legalization over decriminalization. And it's really cool to see Israel going that way. Well, and, and man, you, you look at the proposed regulations and man, does a lot of it look like Canada? You know, there you can't uh, like cigarettes, uh, you can't be uh, banning them. There's the gummy situation. So it, it really looks like this is like the first country that's saying, okay, let's take some of what Canada did and, and go with it. The, the growing situation, as you mentioned, will be revisited. But when you, when you talk about growing in Israel, they're a major exporter of, of the cannabis crop uh, when it comes to uh, medicinal. As you mentioned earlier, uh, they're, they've had medicinal, but they, they plan to be one of the global leaders when it comes to exporting this crop. And they're getting on this train early, mm -hmm. and that really is key right now as you start to solidify your place in the market. I, I love the idea of balancing liberalism and responsibility. That's something that Canada is wrestling with, that the U.S. is wrestling with in certain states, that Israel is wrestling with, and it's really going to be a theme as we move ahead in the way that the world treats cannabis. Indeed. Uh, well, I really like uh, a lot of the stuff that you guys are doing at the OZ. And, and one of the things that you did recently is you had a, a Q&A with the CEO of the Flower Corporation. We just featured them recently on, on What's That Strain. Uh, the, the one thing that really stood out in that article is kind of in the beginning, um, they're split across the country as far as where their facilities are and their headquarters are. And during COVID, it it seems like it's a it's an unnecessary cost for them right now. I had a chance to speak to Vinay Tolia, and as you mentioned, it was a little bit surreal because I can practically see Flowers uh, Cannabis Campus from outside of my window, hmm. and yet here I am talking to the CEO of the company who's in Toronto, um, three time zones away. And Flower is one of many companies who have decided that there's a strategic advantage in having a headquarters in Toronto, which is the, the country's biggest city and Ontario being the country's biggest cannabis market. Now, the question is, with COVID-19 creating havoc with travel uh, and, you know, just difficulty with communicating with a team that whether it's in Kelowna like Flower or whether it's in Alberta or the East Coast or another province, there's just a separation between often the executive and the rest of the company who are actually growing the product. Now, uh, Vinay told me that this was a decision that was made four years ago before he joined the company. And it was really about two things, he says, that Ontario is the biggest market in the country, specifically the, the greater Toronto area. Uh, and also, if he says, if you're going to succeed in Canada, that you just simply have to have a presence in Toronto because it, cre it opens up a whole new world of talent, he says. 
world-class financial sales and marketing teams. And it's just harder to assemble a team like that in smaller places. Now, he did say that COVID really is changing a lot of that. People are working uh, remotely. People are deciding to leave big cities and move into smaller places. And uh, under these kinds of circumstances, that Flower is actually looking at whether or not their Toronto headquarters is key to the success of the company and are considering the possibility of bringing at least some of their staff back into the Kelowna area. He says that this isn't just flower. He says that this is a trend that we're going to be seeing in the not too distant future across the board when it comes to big cannabis companies. Well, that that only makes sense. You have to uh, you have to cut back where you can. Every every single I don't know what business other than if you're making masks or PEE products that have had to have not had to to cut back during this. So it just seems like it's a, a foregone conclusion for a lot of companies to to make that move. Now, one move that they are talking about is kind of their next wave of products. And you asked about beverages; they countered with something else. And the, and he also talked a lot about some interesting stuff when it comes to branding and the cannabis space. That really caught my eye. Yeah, I think I caught him a little bit off guard. I noticed that one of the team members over at Flowers, Nicole Wolf, who has a background in Molson. So I asked mm-hmm. if that would signal that we'd be seeing drinks in the future from flower and Vinay's answer quite surprised me. He said that drinks are actually really far down the list for them uh, and that their edge, which they're really leaning into is growing high grade premium dried flower. Their facility is really set up to be extremely consistent when it comes to THC levels. And that's something that consumers have been demanding. People are just plain tired of seeing that THC range of 5% to 25% that we're so used to seeing on products. Mm -hmm. So uh, he'll be looking at, the company itself will be looking at other types of 2.0 products, particularly concentrates where you still get that, uh, that flower, that taste you can, sense the quality of what's grown now as far as branding goes they've really gone towards an artsy style and you know it says that basically a lot of other companies don't have their messaging down pat and that's something that they're trying to really focus in on that you they it's it's grown to quality that it's predictable product and Flower wants people to, to come away with knowing that they're going to be getting a quality product uh, and really trying to be specific about what they're saying and repeating that message. All right. Uh, this is something, our next story, that I talked about recently with uh, Jesse Lavoy from Canopy Growth. And uh, he is the man that is uh, helping to roll out this Martha Stewart CBD line. And you know, I talked with this uh, with Malcolm LaBelle in, in hour number one about the amount of people that Martha Stewart is going to bring to cannabis just with her name. Oh, Martha Stewart is making cannabis cookies? I think I'd like to try that out. Maybe your grandmother might say or something like that. But this is different than Snoop Dogg, although they did have a show together. And my favorite quote from Martha Stewart is, of course, I know how to roll a joint. But this isn't Snoop or this isn't Seth Rogen or Tommy Chong. This is Martha Stewart, and this is going to have, I think, a big ripple effect on the uh, the cannabis uh, industry down in the States where, in fact, you can have celebrity endorsement. 
It's a totally different demographic than we've seen. And Martha Stewart really does open up the door to a, a whole new world of people who might be interested in seeing the benefit of CBD in particular. Uh, she's releasing uh, under her brand name, Martha Stewart, a 15 flavor CBD wellness gummy holiday sampler, as it's called, <laughs> uh, basically in collaboration with Canopy Growth Corporation and Marquee Brands. Uh, she's called it highly giftable and inspired by the French confection pâté de fruits. And uh, this is a 60 count sampler box and it features, you know, all kinds of different flavors, passion fruit, calamondin, uh, quince, basically things that she finds in her kitchen. It's a beautiful looking product. It's colorful. Uh, you know, it's something that you would see in really just a high end um department store really is what it reminds me of the kind of chocolates or candies that you would find yeah. in there sitting on the shelf to gift somebody that's important to you and this really does show the difference between the u.s and canada right now you look at this packaging and it's something that you could never find on the market here because it is just so far outside of the regulations <laughs> And you've got 60 10 milligram CBD gummies in here. It's beyond the limit of what you can sell. Uh, you know, I think that Canada is really starting to fall behind in some ways. And we've broached on that subject in the past. This shows how far we still have to go in normalizing these products. And it, there's no THC in this. It's straight CBD. Mm -hmm. But still, CBD is very tightly regulated here. And you've mentioned in the past that you can go to a convenience store or a gas station, you know, pick up your Mars bar and <laughs> your CBD alongside of it. Yeah. So I don't know what the solution here is in the future. Um, but if we don't start to make changes to the way that we've regulated these products, then that foothold that we have right now is going to disintegrate and disintegrate fast. Yeah, like right now we have a two-year head start. You know, it's like it's like we're running the eight hundred meters and we're 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 two hundred meters in already. And 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 but soon if we don't figure it out, we're gonna get everybody's gonna blow past us like Usain Bolt. And and I know that the National Cannabis Council <laughs> is trying to work with the regulations because the review has to happen three years after legalization. But then when you look at the, the, you know, the red tape that might go into it, we might be looking at 2023 before we get any changes. So we have to attack this now. And, and getting back to Martha Stewart, you know, I look at it and I say, you know, I loved how you said like a lot of these products from her kitchen and, and these products look like something she would make in her kitchen on a show that one of her viewers or followers would want to try. So I think it's just, it's just brilliant. And, and, and like we've talked about, it just opens up a whole new avenue uh, to cannabis. And, you know, it's, it's, it's strange that it might take Martha Stewart to convince your mother, father, grandmother, aunt, or uncle that cannabis is, can be good or, or, you know, in this case, CBD, but whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes to get people on board. Yeah, I love that Martha Stewart's doing this. And, you know, I think that Martha Stewart's friendship with Snoop Dogg is absolutely adorable. And it's great that we have that kind of a cross section of people to show that cannabis, uh, you know, is, is, isn't scary. Indeed. All right. Well, they always say 
everything in Texas is bigger. And and I'm going to say <laughs> even roadblocks to legalization of cannabis falls in that category because, you know, while cannabis was a clear winner uh, in the election um, and medicinal cannabis is making its way around, legalization is still finding some roadblocks and particularly in Texas. It sure is. You know, in, in an economic crisis, you'd think that people would be more open to legalizing cannabis. Um, Texas Democrats right now are really pushing the message that this could be a big boost to the economy. Um, but key Republicans, there they are, standing in the way, and uh, that's going to derail these efforts. Um, state lawmakers are arguing that the tax revenue and the jobs created by a retail market for pot could really help the state being devastated by the coronavirus. We've seen that in Canada. We've seen the economic benefits. We've seen that this is a, a product that really is recession-proof, that sales go up, that tax revenues keep increasing, and uh, it's it's only helping to provide the services that the government is taxed with providing. Well, we're taxed with providing, really. Mm. So, uh, you know, the Democratic hopes were that this crisis economically was going to be a chance to coax Texas into growing that the into joining a growing number of states that are opting to legalize. Uh, 15 now is the number with four more brought on in this past election through different referendums. So we've got state Senator Roland uh, Guterres of San Antonio's state representative, Joe Moody of El Paso filing bills uh, in advance of the 2021 legislative session that would legalize, regulate and tax personal cannabis use. Um, you know, you got state representative Terry Canales of Edinburgh, who's proposed putting that question of legalization to Texas voters in a way that's similar to what other states have done. However, the chances of that ever going through are slim. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is a staunch conservative and he's at the helm of the upper chamber. So you've got roadblocks between him and other active Republicans in that state. Now, put this in perspective. The coronavirus pandemic has basically blown $4.6 billion hole in the state budget. $4.6 billion. You want to talk big? That's a pretty big hole in the budget. Yeah. And the argument here is that legalizing cannabis industry could bring in hundreds of millions in tax revenue, perhaps billions, and create about 30,000 jobs. So that's a, a pretty big base. And... You know, those economic arguments, unfortunately, just fall on dead ears, uh, deaf ears, I should say. And we're still seeing people who in Texas uh, who are being charged with felony for possessing cannabis, um, even the, possessing a concentrate, a small amount of cannabis concentrate can land you in some real trouble, including up to two years in jail time in Texas. So there's a big disconnect. Uh, and as we've seen in other places of the states, they're, they're about 2.6 times uh, more likely to be arrested on suspicion if you're black. So hmm. this isn't just an economic issue. This is a social justice issue and one that every state should be taking seriously. And listen, we saw New Jersey um, you know, come to the green side and New York is going to see the benefits of uh, economic recovery, Pennsylvania, all these states clustered in there. 
it's going to be impossible once Texas sees the amount of revenue that some of these other places are doing and the size of their deficit growing, it, 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 it would be almost irresponsible for them not to take um, a, a, a longer, better look at what we know is a beneficial plant. It is not the devil's lettuce that people thought about in the 1940s with Reefer Madness. And unfortunately, it seems like some states are still stuck in that. And until they see the the actual economic benefits, maybe that's what's going to make them come around. But man, I, I just, it's like this, this, you know, this money-making crop is staring you right in the face and they're just like, yeah, no, we're, we're good with our deficit. We're good with our debt. And talk about being left behind. A lot of states here have already set up infrastructure needed in order to mm-hmm. to tax and uh, produce and sell cannabis in a safe and responsible way. It won't be long before we see federal legalization in the U.S. And those states that have set up that infrastructure are going to be light years ahead of other places. 100% for sure. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, you know, it's like a lot of things. Some people take a long time to come around to them and then they're like, why wasn't I doing this uh, a long time ago? And you, you live and learn and hopefully uh, the citizens of Texas and, and you know, the, the people push for this and say, hey, let's, let's jump on board with this and, and get ourselves out of a little bit of debt. David, I hope we can see you again next week because I really want to see that toque. And once again, how can people get their hands on one of those sweet toques, especially people in Alberta that could use it right now? Sure, yeah. Send us an email at hello at okanaganz.com. And uh, just tell us that Dean sent you. Love to hear from you. Love it, David. Thanks very much for joining me. Have a great week. You too, my friend. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. And that'll wrap things up for us on this episode. Thank you very much for watching. If indeed you are watching on our YouTube channel or streamed on uh, social media. And if you're listening and you'd like to watch, there you go. Check out our YouTube channel. And I really hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please let us know. Leave us a review. Subscribe. uh, Chime in on anything I uh, would really like to uh, hear from you. And if you'd like to become a, a partner with a show like the OZ or you know, David Wiley of the OZ uh, or stone Smiths or um, the green generation co with uh, Malcolm LaBelle, uh, Chris Ionson is our educator. So we have lots of partners and we'd love to have you on board as well. Or if you just think you might make a great guest uh, hit me up at cannabis one-on-one podcast at Gmail. Dot com. That's Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. You can check out the website Cannabis101Podcast.ca. And if you're into uh, more podcasts, then certainly check out PodcastAlley.ca uh, for some other shows. Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, Fantasy Fun Time with myself and Jamie Thomas, and more. And then we're back at it on uh, Monday, hopefully, with... Uh, bit of a more regular routine david wiley of the oz on this week in cannabis news malcolm labelle from the green generation company on the business of cannabis we'll have weed word of the day our cannabis question uh the weed weekly information and much more 
And uh, yeah, that is going to wrap things up for me on the program this week. Big thanks to Chad Hasten of Stigma Grow for joining us and David Wiley for uh, rearranging his schedule to join us as well on This Week in Cannabis News. And of course, you, the listener, our biggest partner, along with uh, guys like Stone Smiths, and I think these two are my partners as well. I like to think so anyway. Thanks so much for joining us. As we do on each and every show, we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist My Dead Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy.